0: Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. This week we have a double parashah, Behar and Behu Kotei. Sorry, Behu Kotei. These parashas cover Leviticus 25.1 through 27.34 and close out the book of Leviticus. Our parashas for this week remind us of the importance of keeping our promises to the Lord. So we begin in Leviticus 25, which records the Sabbath year and the year of Jubilee. And so the Lord commanded that every seventh year would be a Sabbath for the physical land of Israel. We were only to eat what naturally occurred from the land and not plant crops. The Lord promised to provide for us during the Sabbath year and to give us enough crops in the sixth year to survive. What the Lord told our people to do was not just an act of faith. It was also good farming practices, letting the land rest. It's important to allow land to rest from being farmed to maintain proper nutrient levels and not exhaust the soil. That happened in America with the Dust Bowl incident in the 1900s. So after seven Sabbath years, 49 years, the 50th year was to be a special year. This was known as the year of Jubilee. During this year, all debts were canceled, slaves were to be set free, and any land in a family that had been sold was to be returned to the families that originally owned it. Now, Leviticus 26 lays out for us the rewards for following the Lord's covenant and punishments for disobeying it. The Lord promises us a rich land and peace If we follow his commandments, we will find victory over our enemies and closeness with our creator. But if we decide to sin and abandon the Lord, we will experience the opposite. There'll be wars, diseases, terror of our enemies. Unfortunately, and this will repeat in Deuteronomy, the punishments in this chapter are much more specific and longer than the blessings. There is an escalation of punishments in this chapter as we continue in our disobedience. First, there will be diseases for the people and for the land with the crops. Our enemies will defeat us. And if we still continue to defy Aonai, he promise us, promises to punish us seven times over. He also promises to break our pride. And again, the land will bear even less fruit. Should we continue breaking our covenant that the Lord will send wild animals against us and kill our children and the animals that we own. If that's not enough, Diana, at this point it should be enough, but if it isn't enough, the Lord will bring us war and plague and we will be given over to our enemies as we starve in our cities. We are promised to then become cannibals, eating our families. It's a horrifying image. Finally, the Lord promises the land will enjoy its Sabbath years while we are exiled into the country of our enemies. Those who are left in the land will be so afraid that they will react fearfully to anything that happens and see, imagine enemies. Everything they, every corner they turn, they'll see enemies there and be so afraid. Among these punishments, though, we also have the promise of restoration. If, after all these things, we confess our sins and turn back to the Lord, he promises to restore us. We will be hurt in the land of our enemies, but not destroyed completely. Now, Leviticus 27 ends the book of Leviticus with a discussion of vows. The Lord outlines how we are to redeem our firstborn and the importance of keeping vows or promises we make to him. This chapter and Leviticus end with a final detailed discussion on how to properly keep vows involving property. Now, as we reflect on these parashas, the importance of keeping promises is made crystal clear. We know from our people's history that we never followed Aonai's command for a year of Sabbath rest and a year of Jubilee. Never happened in the history. We violated our promise, our covenant with the Lord, and experienced every punishment in these chapters during the first exile of our people. We see this in the book of Jeremiah and Jeremiah dealing with the aftermath in the book of Lamentations. So we experienced all these sufferings and more for our consistent and constant disobedience. As I and I promised, the land of Israel finally enjoyed Sabbath rest after... We were exiled from it. But the Lord's promises of restoration were also fulfilled as well. Just as he promised, we were eventually restored to the land of Israel after we repented. And after the first exile of 70 years, one year for each year we didn't do the Sabbath year, was completed. Worship was then restored to the land. And our people began to rebuild during the time of Daniel and Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, it is clear to see that the Lord is completely faithful to his promises, whether those are for reward or punishment. As we read in Numbers twenty-three nineteen, God is not human, a human being that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? does he promise and not fulfill? The reality is is that the Lord is an unchanging and unmoving rock in a very flimsy world. We may be wounded for our sins, but he also heals us again, as scripture says. While we are very unfaithful, the Lord is completely faithful, and his faithfulness does not depend on us. His goodness is not dependent on our supposed goodness. What God says he does, he will do. And because of the Lord's love for us, we are not consumed. Even though we have sinned, he still sent us Messiah Yeshua to atone for our sins and provide a way to live with him forever. Our parashas remind us that following the Lord's commands are not optional, if we want to enjoy true peace and not suffer. The Lord has made the way to him clear in our day through the new covenant in Messiah Yeshua. Yeshua himself said there was no other way besides him. Just as our people had to repent and turn back to the Lord, so we today must do the same as well. We need to acknowledge our sins and turn to the promised Messiah. Messiah Yeshua. Then our time in darkness will end and we will be on our way to the Lord's eternal kingdom. For those of us already part of Messiah's community, these parashahs are a reminder that the Lord is faithful, even when we are faithless. If we have strayed from the Lord, he invites us to return. But we should do so quickly. The more we persist in our stubbornness, the more suffering we will experience because of it. There's an escalation. May the Lord enable us to faithfully live our lives in accordance with his will and not our own. May each one of us enjoy the rewards and not the punishments of the Lord. Finally, may each one of us turn from our rebellion against Adonai and experience the salvation and restoration found only in Messiah Yeshua. Thank you.